Jim French, open us up in prayer, please, sir. in John 14 if you'd like to turn there some of the some of my most favorite verses if you would come from John 14 the title of the message is assurance in troubled waters I would say we probably live in some troubled waters right now wouldn't you the Bible tells us that sin will become more and more accepted as time goes on The Bible tells us what was done in secret now is proudly displayed out in the public. The Bible tells us that man will no longer blush or be embarrassed by their sinful activities. 2 Timothy 4 says, even good church-going people (laughs) will no longer want to hear biblical truth. But they'll want their ears tickled with myths and fables. We live in some troubled times. We live in troubled waters, I believe. Today we also, in America and around the world, we deal with stresses that come from a troubled world, if you would. The last couple of years we have dealt with the stress of COVID and all of the junk that came with COVID. We hear rumors of wars and read about wars and potential wars and potential nuclear wars, if you will. Troubled waters. In America, we have groups of people that say we no longer need any police lawlessness and crime is is where it's at and we must defund the police because that if we don't it's racist we live in troubled waters do we not we live in a time where our faith is being questioned we live in a time where we see corruption in our government we see leaders trying to take us down a path that abandons godly principles And take us down a path away from the Lord. And if you've read anything in the Old Testament, time and time and time and time and time again, when the kings of the day took their countries away from the Lord, God always had to deal with that kind of sinfulness. We live in troubled times. 
individually, it's not much better, is it? We're trying to put food on the table and, and gas in our cars and to pay our utility bills because of the inflation that we're living under today. We deal with the stress of, of hearing people that have cancer and other dreaded disease and how, what do we do about that? We live in society that is a, right now looking at a backlash against Christian principles. We're beginning to see more and more of that in society where we have to deal with a, an opposition, if you would, to what you and I believe in. There's many more areas I could talk about, but I'm not going to. You get the point. We live in troubled waters. And we need more than anything at this point in our lives, we need some encouragement, do we not? We need some hope out there. We need to have a sense of peace out there as the waters seem to be rising up against his children. I'm here to tell you, Jesus knew all about that. Did you know that? He knew all about troubled waters. He knew all about difficulties. You see, when Jesus was was preparing his disciples for his leaving, and he's getting them ready for the road that he was going to take to Calvary and the cross, he has one last meal with his, with his team, if you would. And you would have thought that would have been a, a joyful time. But it really wasn't a joyful time for the Lord. You see, he knew that trouble was coming. You see, the disciples, as they had gathered and were eating this meal, they decide to have a discussion. Jesus, who is the greatest disciple Who is the most godly? Who is the one that's just like you? And they have this discussion and they have this debate about who is the greatest disciple, not knowing that Jesus was fixing to go to the cross. Jesus told them that there was going to be one person who betrayed him. And you can imagine what was going on after he told them that. It's not me as a Lord. It's not me as a Lord. It must be him. It must be him. And you can see the troubled waters flowing within this group of men. He has to tell them that, Peter, you're going to deny me. Disciples, it's coming a time when you will just walk away from me. And you can imagine the buzz that happened that was going on at that last meal. And then he has to tell them, I'm going away, guys. We've been together for three years. It's been a great three years, but but I got to leave. I'm going away. And you can just imagine the shock waves when Jesus told them, I'll no longer be here with you. You can just imagine that when they heard those words that he was going to be gone, you can imagine what, what they would begin to think. I'm sure there was confusion i'm sure there was doubt for the future i'm sure there was anxiety that came into them i'm sure there was some fearfulness there being scared about what's going on and they had all these kind of feelings now you see they needed some encouragement didn't they they needed some hope and they needed a sense of peace because their life was now going to be changed turned upside down 
Do we ever have those kind of feelings as we are walking through troubled waters? Feelings of doubt, feelings of fear, feelings of insecurity, feelings of confusion, feelings like, oh, what's going to happen? We have the same feelings that the disciples had. And Jesus wanted to give them some encouragement. Jesus wanted to calm their hearts, if you would. Jesus wanted to calm their hearts, and he wanted to calm our hearts when we live and walk through troubled waters. And Jesus speaks to them in chapter 14 of John. And in this chapter, he gives the disciples and he gives us five assurances, five wonderful assurances that we can claim and we can trust and we can stand on when we walk through troubled waters, when we need encouragement and peace and hope. Here are five things that we're going to talk about today that ought to calm our hearts during troubled waters. You see, we can find relief in this book. Did you know that? The one who knew about trouble, who, who knew he was fixing to go to the cross, who knew what difficult times were. And he loves his disciples so much, he's going to tell them, here are five things that you need to remember. Here are five things that you've got to hold on to. Because life will get worser and worser, if that's two words, okay? And you've got to know where, where you can find encouragement and find hope. And where do you find peace? Let's look at uh, chapter 14 here real quickly. That's where the message is going to go today. The, ins- the assurances that we have as Christians. Unbelievers don't have these. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to us as born-again believers. And the assurances that he's given us does not apply to the unbelievers. He is talking to his children. And he wants to know and to tell us. Here are some things that will calm your heart. He starts off in verse 1. Just makes a very simple statement. And then he will expound upon that. It says in 14.1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. He knew what was happening. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In troubled waters, it really is possible to have a heart that is not troubled because Jesus says it when we believe in God and we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior that's all we need really that is all that we ever will need in time of trouble but then he's going to go on and tell us some things that we can really kind of just hold on to the first assurance that we're going to see is Heaven is your home. Let's read here in verse 2. It says, In my Father's house are many mansions or many dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The very first thing that Jesus wants to tell his troubled disciples is remember when struggles come, 
difficulties come, persecution come, disciples. The one thing, the first thing I want you to remember is you got a home in heaven. <laughs> Guys, remember this. You got a home in heaven. This home right here is temporary. The struggles, the difficulties, the heartaches, the pains, it's only a fleeting time in your life. The Bible is a real place, Jesus will tell us. And he says, I want you to remember that. Heaven is your home, not here on this earth. Heaven is not some mythical thing that somebody just thunk up. You see, understand, heaven is where God, Jehovah, dwells. That's where he dwells. That's his, that's his casa, if you would. That is his home base. That's where his throne is. And the Bible says this is where God dwells in heaven. And the Bible tells us that Jesus dwells there. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. He is in heaven. Heaven is a place where the souls of every born-again believer, from Adam to whoever at the end of time, those souls, when they die, will immediately go into the very presence of Jehovah God in the Savior in Jesus Christ. Immediately, last breath here, first breath there. That's where we're going. That's heaven. Jesus says, remember heaven. Heaven is a place that we can't even begin to imagine the beauty. Matter of fact, we sung about it today, didn't we? No eye has seen, no ear heard, or the heart of man can imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him. 2 Corinthians 2.9 That's heaven, boys and girls. Heaven's a place where there's no pain and sorrow, no crying, no death, no sin, none of that kind of stuff. And Jesus says, focus on heaven, boys. Not temporary stuff down here. The Bible says in those next verses, he said, God has, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And it says, Jesus will come again and we'll be with him forever and ever. Do you understand? One day, one day, God's going to, as Jesus is sitting on his right hand, he's going he's to pump him on the shoulder and say, Son, go get your children. And the Bible says, Jesus will descend from heaven. And there's going to be a shout from heaven, a shout that only Christians dead and alive will hear. There's going to be a the voice of the archangel that gathers all the angels and the heavenly host together and said, hey, come on, let's go. Jesus is going back to get his children. And then the trumpet of God will sound announcing what's fixing to happen. And the Bible says a dead in Christ will rise. And then we who are left behind will meet Jesus in the air to live with him forever and forever in a place called heaven. It doesn't get any better than that. Jesus said, remember that, disciples. Remember that, born-again believers. Remember that, members of Arapahoe First Baptist Church. When we walk through troubled waters, when the waters keep rising up against us, remember heaven, heaven, heaven is your home. Never forget that. Knowing the assurance of a heavenly home should bring us joy. Did you know that? Just to be able to think about that, man, I'm struggling here, but I got joy because I'm going to be up there one of these days. Did you know, did you know that even Jesus had joy in the midst of his darkest hour? 
Hebrews 12, 2 says this, Who for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. You see, Jesus knew he was going to that cross. He knew they were going to string him up. He knew the pain that he was fixing to deal with. He knew that he was going to become sin. And yet the Bible tells us that troubled waters that Jesus was going through, what did he have? He had the joy that was set before him. Why was that joy? Because he knew that this over here was going to be here for a while. But the joy was he was fixing to go home to be with his heavenly father. That is joy. He set the example of joy, disciples, Christians, that when waters rise, you can still have joy because he had joy. He's going to give us the same joy. Psalms 8.18 says it this way. For I consider the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us one day. Disciples, remember heaven is your home. Your struggles here are temporary. Your home in heaven is for eternity. In verse 7, we see the second, second assurance that we have as we walk through troubled waters. In this verse 7, it says this. If you had known me, Jesus speaking, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him. And you have seen him. You understand when we read God's word and we read Jesus' words that I hope in your Bible are read. When we read his words, we are reading the very nature of God. When we see the miracles that Jesus performed here on this earth, we see the very nature of God here on this earth. When we see Jesus love, we see him forgive. When we see his patience, when we see his greatness, we are seeing the very nature of God. Why is that? Because Jesus is God in the flesh. And if we know God and we've given our heart and life to Jesus... When troubled waters come, we have some promises from His Word that we stand on and we trust. What are some of those promises? Well, let me give you some of them. Psalms 34, 15 says this. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and His ears are open to their cry. That's the righteous. That's His children. That's His children. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He hears the cry of his people. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. What a great promise when we're walking through troubled waters. 34, 18, the Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. What a great promise in troubled waters. 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all of them. We are not immune, are we, from hard times? You see, when we are walking in water that's really deep, and it seems like it's getting deeper the further we walk, 
we have these great promises because we are a child of the king. He says, I am near you when waters rise. I see what's going on in your life, my son and my daughter. I hear your cries when the waters rise. And in two of those verses, he says, I will deliver you in troubled waters. I will save those who are crushed in spirit. What promises he's given to us when hard times come, difficult times come. We go to his word and we see he's near and he hears and he sees and he delivers and he saves. I don't know about you, but that is great encouragement to me. That brings me hope when life is dark and it brings me a sense of peace like nobody else can. Because we trust in the Lord. Did you know this? We can have a very close relationship and close fellowship with the God of the universe. The one who created this old place. We can actually have fellowship with him and a relationship with him. We can have, we, the God who created all of this knows the number of hairs on my head and your head. The God who that we can go to because we have been born again loves us in spite of who we are. He loves us in spite of our weakness and our sinfulness. He still loves us. And, he, and the Bible tells us he demonstrated that by sending his son to the cross in order to provide salvation for all of us. What a great thing that we can go to the Lord in times of trouble. 1 Peter 1.8 says it this way. He says, And though you have not seen him, the Lord, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe him. You greatly receive, rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. In difficult times, in troubled waters, the Bible says what? we can have inexpressible joy because we know the Lord and we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When troubled waters come, remember, we have a home in heaven and that we know and we have an intimate, personal relationship with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that ought to bring you some help in difficult times. We see in verse 13 through 15 another assurance we can have during these times. It says, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. One of the best remedies of fear and depression and anxiety is the privilege of prayer. The privilege of prayer. We can go to the throne room of grace 24-7, can we not? But how many times in our lives, and I'm point, not pointing fingers because i got three pointing back at me. How many times when struggles come do we allow prayer to go back at the bottom of the list of things that we got to do? 
we allow it to not be here in list of importance, but we drop it down here. Oh, yeah, I guess I better get around to praying about this. The songwriter says it this way. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I think the the psalmist hit it right on the head, didn't he? We've got to be a people of prayer. That needs to be the first option, not option 12 in our life. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is telling God our joys, our happiness, our hurts, our pains, our questions, our doubts, and our fears. Prayer is seeking God's will in your life. Prayer is not trying to get some angry grandfather to do something. Not trying to persuade God to give me what I want. Prayer is submitting our hearts and lives to Him, trying to know what He wants from us. I'm remembered, I remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, a great example of this is what? Jesus is praying and He's fixing to go to the cross. And He says, Father, is there any other way? Any, is there another cup we can drink? Is there another thing that we can do? Is there a plan B, Father? But if not, I submit my life to you. I will do what you want me to do. You see, that's a perfect example of prayer. And we have that privilege of praying when we come across difficult times, when the waters seem to be rising. In verse 14, we say, how do we pray? We, whatever we ask in my name, we pray in Jesus' name. And all that means, very simple, is we pray for those things that will give him glory and honor. Amen. I don't pray for a new boat, a new house, a new car. I pray, Father, I submit my heart to you so that you will be glorified, that I will seek your will no matter what. And then verse 15, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's how we pray. We pray from an obedient heart. We pray that, that we know that, that there's areas in my life that I need to clean up. And we take it to the Lord and allow Him to clean it up. And I'm obedient to Him because He's told me I have to do this. And because of that, we kneel in prayer in obedience. Why? Because we love Him. We are obedient because we want to please Him. That's obedient prayer. What a privilege it is that we have. To be able to do that. Hebrews 4.16 tells us. That we can go boldly or with confidence. To the throne room of grace. Where we will find mercy. And grace. To help in time of trouble. (laughs) Okay. Because we have been praying and living an obedient life. And we ask in Jesus name. We can go boldly with confidence where we receive grace and mercy to help us in time of trouble. What a great promise. What a great assurance. Man, we can just go to him anytime. When when troubled waters are rising, where do we go? (laughs) We can go to prayer to our Heavenly Father who is near, who sees, who hears, who saves. And who delivers. What a great assurance that is. Real quickly, we've got a couple of more. 
verses 16 and 18, and some great assurances here as we look at these. In verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper that he may be with you forever. That helper is the Holy Spirit. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. We have assurance during troubled waters of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We, talked, we looked at the Holy Spirit last week, didn't we? If we have been born again, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And in times of trouble, we see that the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. We can read those words from, from God's Word. He is our encourager. He is our advocate. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we have God living inside of us. We will never be alone. We will never be forsaken. We will never be forgotten. Whatever we deal with, whatever road we go down, guess who is going with the truly born-again believer? The Holy Spirit. Because he is in the hearts of every born-again believer. When troubled waters rise, Jesus said, I want you to remember something. Here's another something to remember. You're not, I'm not abandoning you like orphans. I'm giving you the helper, the encourager, the comforter, the Holy Spirit of truth, it says. And he will be inside of you forever and forever. The troubled waters will not drown you because the Holy Spirit is there to protect us. What a great assurance knowing the Holy Spirit lives in our lives. The last one I want to give to you. The last encouragement, the last hope, the last sense of peace is the gift of peace. The gift of peace. Probably one of the things that we miss out most when life is is really... Uh, jumping on top of us. We miss this idea of peace. We, we, we forget about that we can have peace amongst the storms of life. That's not, not just some preacher talk. That's God's word speaking. Verse 27, Jesus says it like this, this gift of peace. He says, peace I leave with you. Jesus is going to leave you all peace. My peace I give to you, not as a world do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Wow. What a promise. What an assurance. Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. It's not going to be what the world. See, the world will tell you peace comes from material possessions. Jesus will tell you peace comes from a relationship with him that's a big difference the world will tell you that peace depends on your personal abilities the peace of Jesus says I am sufficient Jesus says to handle every issue that brings us peace the world says peace comes because I work for it and I hope I can have peace in my life Jesus said, peace 
is a gift from God and we receive it in faith. That's the kind of peace I want. You see, the unbelievers say peace only comes in the absence of trouble. When I got no trouble and everything's hunky-dory, I have peace. But for the Christian, peace comes in spite of the troubles, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the pain. Jesus said, Christian believers, sons and daughters of the Lord, you can have peace in spite of what's going around in your word. And why is that possible? Because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I know you probably get tired of me putting this verse up there. But it is one of my favorites again. Be anxious for nothing when the waters rise. When troubled waters are deep. He says, be anxious for nothing. That's kind of hard to do. That's God's word speaking, though. That's a promise. That's an assurance. Be anxious for nothing. And how, how can we ever get there? By prayer and supplication. We talk to the Lord about it. And then it says, with thanksgiving. We are thankful that he's with us no matter what. And then he says, once we have done that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Wow. Troubled waters don't have to drown us. We have God's word. Do I, do I say that verse in my mind once and bingo, bango, it happens? No. When I was going through my prostate cancer, that verse was there every day. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. See, I would urge you to put that verse into the memory bank. Because let, put it here so you can draw it out when you need it. And I don't know about you, but I, I need that verse almost every day. You see, that's where peace comes from. What a great gift that Jesus has promised us when troubled waters come. The gift of peace. He'll give it to us, but we got to work at it. We got to work at that verse. We got to remember that verse. We got to pray and supplicate. We got to be thankful. Put that verse to your mind because that is a gift of peace. The peace that only Jesus can give to us, not the world. He wants to give that to us. Where do we go to find encouragement and hope and a sense of peace? We go to God's Word, do we not? And we find it. The world will never be able to help us in troubled waters. It is impossible for worldly ideas to help us. But God's Word is there for us. When troubled waters come, remember, believer, Christian friend, Remember that this old world is temporary. You got a home in heaven. Let that soak in a little bit, okay? Remember that you are, you believe in God. You know God. You know the creator of the universe. And you trust in his son as Lord and Savior. What better thing to trust in than a holy God and his son who died for you because he loved you so much 
don't let troubled waters get to you. Remember, remember, troubled waters come. We have the privilege of prayer. Make it first on the list, not 12th on the list, 15th or 20th. We can take it to our Lord anytime we need to. And what a great gift we have that he gave us a helper. <laughs> That's what the Holy Spirit's called. Jesus calls him a helper. You need some help? I do. Holy Spirit right there. Remember that, Jesus says. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? Lives within you. Troubled waters won't drown you because you got the Holy Spirit living in you. Remember that, born-again believers. And then we have this great gift of peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that makes no sense. I mean makes no sense. You're not, I ain't supposed to have peace during this troubled time, am I? The Bible says, yeah, you can. Surpasses all understanding. Surpasses all comprehension. Makes no sense. But you and I can have it. When troubled waters come, difficult times come, and we're living in some of that right now. Where do we find encouragement? Where do we find hope? Where do we find a sense of peace, Ron? We find it from God's Word. And Jesus has just told us five assurances we have when we've been born again that He will help us get us through life's darkest moments. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for this. Thank you. That you cared enough and loved us enough that you would sit down and tell those disciples and tell you and I. This is what you need to do during the next few days, next few months, next few years. Because they're going to be rough, guys. Going to be rough. Here's what you pin your hope on right here. These assurances right here. And he's told them and he's telling us. This is what you got. These are foolproof. These work. (laughs) I promise you. Because they came from the mouth of of Jesus and God gave him the words to say as we bow our heads and close our eyes invitation time life can be hard but the answer is in God's word the answer is in Jesus I hope you've taken these assurances that we've got when life turns dark and the waters get deep. These are some things we stand on because Jesus said, this is what you stand on. Do business with the Lord right now. I ask you to. You know how the Lord has spoken to you in this message. Do business with him right now. I'll be quiet and the piano will play.